0: That's the proudest day, and the proudest time, and the seat
1: of a rally here, Because that day, and that hour, and those minutes, I got the bit between my teeth. You know, I really stood up and was counted
0: and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets, and, and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for Gold Barrett. That's all
2: said. I can still picture that run. That was just the best, best run ever. Gears the Rally Podcast, a Donnelly Motorsports special. Um, What can we say? Uh, absolute pleasure to be joined by you know Eugene and Charlie Donnelly and then Paul Kelly as well too. Connor, what a week! Uh, what an evening's crack we had.
3: Oh uh, listen, it was a it was a great couple of hours, and to be honest, it could easily have been you know quite a few more hours longer, <laughs> uh, had time allowed. Uh, it was just non-stop. Yeah,
2: like three characters i suppose you know like and the whole three of them they have something something about them you know i don't know why you call it the x factor or what but you know uh the way they can spin a story the, uh, the crack uh that wasn't maybe it really was wasn't
3: it i was it was a great evening's crack and you're right you know they're they're good yarn tellers and uh know, yeah, there's plenty of entertainment with them uh there's no doubt about that
2: that's for sure that's for sure and they round director's buffer that's where you kind of Got the rally book
3: in your earlier days? Absolutely. That's where, yeah, that's where I fell in love with rallying. And it was growing up with, uh, you know, being involved in Marfeld Motor Club and Eugene and Charlie there at the heart of it. And, uh, you know, it it was just, it was good times. And it was, you know, going out to some very early stages in Monaghan and Cavan and, Going, Donegal was always the, the event that everybody in the club looked forward to. And uh, then you had the local events there, the lanes, and then around the tourmore Blockyard and stuff. So um, absolutely, um, just uh, great times. And, and you know, when we get into the the, the interview and the chat with him, it, it started out with Kevin asking, you know, growing up in Mahara, where did you get interested in motorsport? And Eugene wasn't long pulling them up on that faux pas.
2: Right,
3: I think. Without further ado, we'll catch up with the boys. My father, I would say, wasn't it,
0: Judi? I will. Let, let's correct that. It wasn't growing up in Mahara. We we were born and rared in Duperston to start off.
2: Yeah, with. Right.
0: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think, uh, I well, my memory of it anyway, Dad was always big in it, and obviously we, we had a garage. It was a family business, and we sold. Uh, he sold Ford cars, so. You know, in the late 60s, early 70s, that was the car to rally a Mark One Escort. Um, and that's where I certainly got my love out of it seeing the magazines coming in with you know the cars won in the RAC rally and you know, all that sort of stuff. Like um, and as as I got older, Charlie obviously was the mad one in the house and he started ripping and wrecking around the garage. You know that? I was <laughs> I was always planted in the passenger seat and. I look, that's just where the love of speed from uh, came from when our father didn't really discourage, you know. Um, Charlie, being that wee bit older, could tell you a lot more stories about my eldest brother Jim and um, my other brother Peter, um, you know, robbing cars. Well, the Jim, guy. Would
1: have, Jim would have an Jim would, have, he, he would have done up the cars in the other days. He like, had the money with the seat covers with the 2 padded sides in it and he had the Ford Angler with the spot lamps and the big wheels and all that stuff. But the first memory I have of any of that sort of stuff was my father had too many Cooper S's. and how many guys that worked for us were taking them till Cook or somewhere, they were going somewhere with them anyway. And the two of them come to the right hand corner and both of them missed the road and straight up into the middle of the field. So I that now sticks with me about about you uh, know about <laughs> about racing and stuff anyway. And then Jim would have uh, he was into body work and stuff. So he would have had your spot lamps and your for days dice and the whole lot, and would have been racing. The the thing that that, that introduced us tell all of this stuff was my Mah- Daperstown was a famous town for, and probably maybe still is, for you no know, a bit of racing and a bit of ripping at night. And uh, we would have been in the middle of that. And uh, you would have you would have toured about the town and you would have come on somebody, it wasn't a similar type car, the Greg McCormick's and the boys that got there and the next thing you know would have been about a John in from one to the other and out the road they would have went flat to the tin. And that's where that's where the you no know, the learning and the car control and stuff. That's where it all started. It was that way there? So it wasn't the first the first rally car ever I bought was a blue blue Mexico escort. And it was bought for night navigation. Right. The old the old style night navigation, where it was a rally car. And you met up at some pub or some um, fun station or somewhere, and you got uh, you got the diagrams or the thing all plotted out, and off you went. And like it was completely crazy. It was closed closed road rally. It was closed road rallying at ten and eleven o'clock at night, like on open roads. It was totally crazy, you know. And the Shaws, like the old, no, you know, remember Leo Shaw in the rallying. Mm-hmm. Um, his cousin Kieran and his another co- brother Kieran's was Jimmy and uh, Crawford Henderson. You no, know, all that group of boys. That's where we all learned the driving. Was was mm-hmm. at them. You no, know, like at uh, the racing among ourselves at night or um, at the at the night navigations. That's where it all. That's where it all started. Was back then.
2: Yeah, and like, th- those were great events even, you know, for navigators and all like learning how to plot maps and oh, how to read oh, maps. You had to plot the map. mm yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You had to plot the thing. The only but thing different about a navigation or supposedly about a night navigation rally now is that you know you have to take the time to do the to do from one thing to another. Back then it was whoever was there for it. So. <laughs> That was totally crazy, like you know. Yes.
2: Uh-huh. And, and
1: another thing we used to do too when, when we hadn't the cars to do it was we used to know a road that they were going on and then pull out behind them and follow them. And and that was another very <laughs> educational thing that we had done. yeah. So
0: that's what Charlie learned his flamboyant style.
1: <laughs> that's where we land all the stuff
0: yeah no no that's where you learned
1: your flamboyant style probably probably
2: that. probably yeah you were still the first that rally car the first
1: yeah the first rally car proper rally car then was a mark one escort and it was bought three thirds oh boy early do you mean the white one with the white and blue one you? yeah yeah the Mark 1. Um, there's a photograph in Carsport on one of the Dava rallies. One of the, I think it was the first ever Dava rally, or maybe the second. And um, about a half dozen corners from the end. But um, didn't want to go around a square right for me. And that went off down into the trees. And uh, my brother Peter was sitting with me. And he had I don't know, it turned out he had an apple in the Passenger seat, right. So he climbed out my side, and the Wonder was down, and he went in the Wonder again to get that apple. And somebody took a photograph, and they put it in CarSport, and there was a caption that was a competition. What do you think he's looking for? <laughs> you know what I mean. So if you ever could find, if anybody knows with that that uh, CarSport magazine, that's the year, and that was the f- one of the first or that was about the second or third rally ever ever we done ever we done. And I drove that day, and Peter sat for me, and we damaged the left-hand side of it, and that was on a Wednesday. Wednesday night it was that time, and uh, Jim and I took to it on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and pulled it and fixed it. And the only wing we could get was like a 13 Sport wing, which had just a wee small arch, and the other were all bubble arches. But we put it on it anyway, and we set seal for a single venue in Coot Hill on the Sunday. And uh, I had spent a couple of nights, or there was one couple of the Friday night I think I didn't get to bed at all, and the Saturday one was very nearly the same. And when we got down there, I was that tired and worn out that Peter ended up driving, and uh, Jim, God rest him, he sat with him. And that was the only rally ever Jim done it was but the best thing of all was that uh, this long ago now so can't this evidence can't be used against me um <laughs> the entry was in and my name was pete Sitton, and that's the way it did. and the a <laughs> davy hamilton come down one of the organizers he was the clerk of the course he came down and he opened the door and he stuck his head and he says, "Well, Charlie, how's it going?" And then he realised, man, well, there was no Charlie in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, "Good to see you, Charlie." And he just closed the door the away he went. <laughs> <laughs> so there was at the back them days. There was there was uh, there was no racetracks. There was none of them things and all. Oh, there was a lot of
4: different things. Isn't that right, Paul? You would have been back at that time too. Yeah, we have been back at that time. Yeah, like now. It's- yeah. All that stuff late at night. It was great to be out in the middle of the night on a Friday or Saturday night, tearing around the road in different counties. And but when when I started as well, there was no race suits. it was a t shirt, and we barely had
2: a helmet. Mm-hmm. And the even and the down car down had the been very little, sort of like giving like, a, a basic roll cage and probably a fire extinguisher. Not much else.
4: No, <laughs> there wasn't an yeah, awful yeah, lot. And yeah. I I started mm-hmm. in my first stage rally was in. uh actually was talking about the, it's it's too long going out and you can't be done for it. But my first stage rally was Donegal International 86. Right. And to get the license, I had to three three signatures on the license. And I got two of them off kind of half legitimately. <laughs> but I forged Matt, uh, what do you call him, Using Matt? Uh, Doherty. Matt, Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty. Yeah, I told well, him in 2004, head. we were out having a cigarette, and we won the rally, and I told him, I have something to tell you, we mean to tell you for years. <laughs> <laughs> Did you run about right? not being able to be done for it, but I forged this thing to get the license to start the rally, because I had to do, I wanted to do Donegal, there. and that was my first rally ever, de- starting my experience of rallying Donegal
0: International, so I think Eugene
4: done his first one in 86 as well, was it?
0: Yeah, first first Donegal and the International
4: was eighty six.
0: Yeah, but hey, it's a good job. Uh, Paul, we had uh, Matt on our side, didn't it?
4: <laughs> yeah, That's I suppose a it kind of helped in, in, in it, it helped it helped in the in the future. But Matt was always on the side of uh, he was always on the side of uh, how would a word this? <laughs> 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 I suppose he was always on the side if you had done things right. You know what I mean? So yeah. mm-hmm. or near enough <laughs> right
1: Yeah. yeah, I think there was a lot more than there was a lot more than you got signatures done do, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well,
2: I
4: can only tell my story. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You
0: nervous laughs going on there?
2: Yes. <laughs> and, and, and Charlie, like you know, Eugene being the younger brother, like you know, he was always that but younger than yourselves. Was he always like and nosing around the garage wanting to be involved, or was he just? I always showed him good.
1: Uh, you, you. I thought you were going to say, did you always show him good example? <laughs> <kinda. laughs> Well, he, uh, he was more, I was more the me- mechanical end of the thing. I would have been working at the cars from, was like, you know, around the garage from, I was five or six or seven. You know, I'd always put it at the car. Whereas mm-hmm. Eugene really didn't get involved in that side of it. And he wouldn't have really come on the scene until he got a license.
2: Okay.
1: And once he got a license, then, then, then that's when his real interest showed in at the end. Was whenever he got a license, the first car you had, you didn't remember, it was a red escort, wasn't it? Um, well, the first
0: rally car was the blue escort that you at Jim welded up. That was the first car I actually rallied. I, but you I, shelled I, an old red car onto that, didn't you? Uh, I had a couple of old cars, a couple of, of well, I had, a, I had a Mark 1 escort for a wee while, it didn't have it very long, but um, I had a, a Mark 2 that. Put all the rally gear into it, but never never left it, never fireproofed it, and never seam welded it, and, you know, didn't put in the fire extinguishers when I got there, so it was just ripping about not there, but all good stuff in it, good dampers in it, you know, decent box, quick rack, all that stuff. But it had come to the end of its life, and Charlie and Jim had built a shell on a Mark II and, and seam welded and did all the kit in it, and I shelled
1: my uh, road car into it, and that was my first rally car, you know.
0: And yeah. the first Green. rally...
1: Eugene, the reason yeah. do you not remember the reason you got that shell? I have no idea, Charlie. Oh, back, <laughs> back, back, Jim back. and I, and a friend of mine, John Kelly, took on the shell and we thought that we were going to make this great shell, you know. So, everything that we thought that it would need for to, you know, to make it better and stronger and everything, we decided to do it. So, we put it in the cage and all that sort of stuff, but we decided that we'd take like, I don't know, it was eighth or quarter plate. And we would put it from the bottom of the sill into the into the chassis leg so as if it did go off it would slide over the top of everything and we took one night and we welded it the two john and i well jim done a bit but i done a bit, and john also he'd done a bit and 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 uh, he's a fella they called john kelly he was the boat they called him he was at rallying too he had a great d 3 one time and done a better race than that but anyway we welded it down the two sides and put the two these two skid pads on the two sills. and he went home, and I went home, and of course we got totally flashed like with the welders, and I couldn't. The whole thing started about whatever nine ten o'clock or eleven o'clock, and and uh, mommy had experience of it, you know, knowing what to do, but in the middle of it, I says I says you better you better ring John, and she says why, and I said well if I got he did, and she she rang him and eventually i don't know how he got the phone but he was completely blind and he got the phone and he he was like you no know, totally hysterics down the phone that he couldn't see a thing like you know so mommy went up and got him and took him down into the room at our house and put the two of us into the room and blanked out the one that and and started putting stuff on her eyes and, all, and we were in there for 24 hours <laughs> so, and the kid that he thought he was blinded and after that I kind of lost the will to do much more what after that, and that was around the time that Eugene decided that he would take it on then, and him and Jim, him and Jim finished it and we painted it um, a dark blue with a yellow stripe, like a yellow stripe down it, and the vi- there was a vein, black vinyl roof on, and the reason it was painted blue and yellow was Jim painted away in a win v- of lorries for boys, and it was blue paint with yellow, <laughs> and there was paint left over. <laughs> so now Eugene, you can put all your good stuff into it now. <laughs> I was going to say that that that
0: was the first car I did an actual rally with, and that was Calvin, I think maybe 1984, 85, Calvin stages, but Charlie bought a red, uh, Mark like a red Mark two. It was like a, a Group grip one escort at the time, and that was the only rally my father ever did. My father sat. I've done that. Well, remember I, that. No. On, on on air, Charlie, I have the trophy. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But you Gavin. It.
1: Oh, maybe it was Kevin. <laughs> right, uh, Sorry, because Daddy Daddy yeah. took the trophy home that day too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um
0: yeah, that was that was a you know, it was a very nostalgic thing for me. Like uh, looking back at it now, that my dad actually was there and competed in the rally that I first did. And mm-hmm. the two of them won their class and were, you know, I don't know, just were seventh or eighth overall, Charlie. I think uh, great, he
1: uh, he sat in with me, and and uh, again Paul's situation. <clears throat> Pete had a license, and he was Peter Donnelly, so Peter Donnelly <laughs> was my father's name, so he had a license then too. So then he got, and it was like what they called that time a group A escort, and it had a harness on it, but there's no 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 ball belt on it, like. And uh, he got That's in anyway, and he had the top coat on him, and he took off the cap. And I got the helmet on him, and he put the glasses on. And we tightened the hand. I said, you know, take the coat off. And he says, no. She said, I'm all right, put the coat on. So we kept the coat on anyway. And him and I done the rally, and that is the way he was. And uh, uh, there was a couple of memorable bits in it. There was one in particular where he got out the roadbook, and he started reading down through the roadbook. And the next thing I could see, the hand, he had a bit of Parkinson's, and the hand was jumping about, and I could see him pointing and this. And it was, you yo yo you He was trying to yo you 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 know, what's that there he says, and I says that's a yumper. what's that and I says don't worry I'll tell you when we're coming to one so I said, all you do is I says see that bit there you hand that out and the boy will put the time on it and then turn the page on that thing there and that'll get us from one stage to the other and I'll be fit to read it but when it comes to the stage thing I says don't bother just sit there and enjoy the crack so we got into the first stage anyway and we're bombing down the first stage anyway and we come to a and right up a hill which is there is a photograph I have it in the house here. If a guy was standing up on the hedge on the, on the left hand side and it's photographed and it has him in the photograph with the tap coat and all on him. So, bomb well, down the street anyway and he was laughing and cajoning and chatting away. And the next thing he says to me, What have we done with them yum yum things? And I says to him, Hold on, hold on. And I happened to down there was a bit of a straight and there was a humpback bridge. So I come flying out of them and I never said what it was. I said, I the I'm coming now and I come to the bridge, and I never lifted it, and the yoke took off anyway, and she landed, and when she landed, there was an old footrest in it and all, but at the same time, he wasn't, he didn't brace himself for the or not. whenever it landed, he slid down the seat, and the helmet came forward, and knocked the glasses off, and the books went all around the floor, and the whole lot, and till the laugh, and I started laughing, so I reached over, and I gathered him up anyway, and i got him straightened up and he, he, he was funny. to get the glasses back in and he pushed the helmet back anyway. and he kind of looks at me and, and I was laughing away at him and he says, oh, I'll name them yump things the next time he says. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I never forgot that. Anyway, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then when we went to the prize giving, um, as usual, there was too many of us and everybody wanted into the prize giving and mm. you got so many tickets for everybody. So I always give mine away and I reckon that I'd get in some way and I had that with me. And we went walking into the door and, and, and the hotel to get into the, to the prize giving. And hey, some change now and back then, the place was bunglick, and you needed the tickets to get in. So why boy was standing, this other boy was standing at the door anyway, and I said who I was and what the crack, and I won the class. And he says, All oh, right, right, right. And there uh, he came along, you know, a lot of people behind me, and the boy says, Where are you going? And he says, I'm going in here. And the boy, he says, what do you mean you get in here? You need a ticket to get in here. And he says, no, he says, I sat in this rally the the today." And the boy, he looked at him as if to say, aye, sure did. He says, aye, I sat in Australia the today." And the boy, he give in anyway and let him in with a bit of an argument anyway. And when him and I went up to, to get the award, the boy was standing on the stage. And of course, da, he goes up by anyway and gives him the wee on for the show they're going by. <laughs> And left with his big pint jug, and coming and walking back down again, he he's he, he, he coming back down again. He clipped it off the side of a radiator and took a nice big crack out of the corner, he and, and, and he was so pissed, actually. He was, he was so, pissed. so. that was that was Eugene's first rally, and it was a memorable one for Dad as well. So
2: That's for sure, that is for sure.
1: So memorable, memorable in every way, you know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, Charlie, you bought and sold rally cars then for a few years. Then at that around that time as well, you're kind of always trading and wheeling, dealing. This I Aye, well, it, know, were, so. it
1: wasn't even so much me to be truthful. Uh-huh.
2: I maybe had a go at the first
1: one or two, and then yeah. it was more Eugene was into that. Right. Okay. Um, he he. Well, I would have been in England at the car auctions, and then uh-huh. he would have come out and and you know from that point of view. But then uh, he went and got the motor news on a Wednesday. And it didn't come out to Thursday at home. So on a Wednesday we got her in England wherever we were. And uh, off we would set down. Whatever we could see in it, off we mm-hmm. went. And uh, ah, the crack used to be deadly. You talk about bills <laughs> we landed the backyard and and if the boy had a if the boy had a mat belonging to the yoke in the house student we went to the house after to get it. There, you know? <laughs> But he bought the oak, he bought everything. He took everything that the boy had. There was one escort we bought one night and we couldn't get enough it. there wasn't enough room and the two cars who were driving to get everything mintlet, but we got them in for dinner. He took everything of the boy. Do you remember the boy in the, we bought the black escort a fusion? He was gonna buy a two five And you went to another boy's house to get a bit of an engine that the boy had that he that was sitting at some other boy's house. <laughs> But it was more Eugene. Does Eugene get into that more than me, yeah. I, I like to behind. Everything
0: had value, <laughs> But it's that. Uh, I, I come back out of America, I think, about 92 or three, and I, I just, I wanted to go rallying. And as Charlie says, he was in and out of England a lot. And I used to go over to the auctions with him. And that's where I said, like, I had a few quid gathered up. And I ended up buying a car and brought it home. And for some reason, I can't even remember what the car was. But for some reason... There was a lot of interest in it and i said right okay i'll sell that and i'll buy another one and it just i just kind of fell into it and then obviously charlie he he seen me doing it and he helped me like you know and the next thing we were offering say so i was uh there was a fellow used to transport cars for us <laughs> and i remember him bringing him up and telling him that five cars lifted and he says what you i said they're in five different locations <laughs> right okay so I got him the location, sent them off and met him at each one and put these rally cars all onto the back of the, like an eight car transporter, nine car transporter and landed the whole thing. home. that was in one week late. That was the <laughs> biggest buy I'd ever done at that time. So landed all this crap home and some of them I broke up and some of them I saw on. and, yeah, look, I was making a bit of a living out of it and I was getting, doing a bit of rallying as well, which was really what it was about. It had nothing to do with really making money for any other to go rallying. <laughs> and,
1: and that, um, that was that was by Dan's introduction to rallying as well, because yeah. remember he went watch you. He went with you then when he was yeah. he was only sixteen we, or
0: seventeen. I, met, I met Barry and, and he had a bit of a flair for it, you know, when he was fixing the cars and bits and pieces. So I said, "Come on, we'll we'll, we'll form a wee company and we called it Domac, D O M A C, and uh, we had we rented a shed and started putting the cars into it, and Barry would do the bit of prep work or. He would do a bit of dismantling, and he'd be about the yards when I'd be away, you know, if I was in England. And uh, that that ran successfully for maybe a year, maybe a couple of years. And I, I kind of got diversed into other stuff as well. Like, I had a couple of shops and filling stations, and they were taking up a bit of my time. And then Barry, he decided he'd go out on his own, and I kind of lost a bit of the interest in it as well. But, um, you know, we, I, I think I was at it maybe from 92 to Ninety-seven or eight, um, I think it was so right up. up to to good years. It uh, was added up until I bought the G three of of Kevin Bard. That was kind of the last car I was buying to actually sell on. And then when I when I bought it, um, it was on thirteen-inch wheels. And Barry, he says to me, we'll try 15s on it, see see what it would do." Anyway. Long story cut short, it was a bit of hoolie and pulley, And then we took the gearbox out of and put another box into it and changed the gear and on it a bit, put 15 inch wheels on it and went up the road on it. The two of us just looked at one another. We just couldn't believe the traction it was getting. Um, and that was the start of the G3. I just said, this thing's too good to sell, you know. So that, that was the start of the bird, you know. That's
2: for sure, that's for sure. And Paul, just before we get into the whole G3 era and all that, you you know, you res up through the ranks fairly quickly too. If were, you were co driving, you know, sitting with the likes of Alan Johnson, Vincent Bonner, uh, Pat Kirk. Um, but you had a big tip with Pat Kirk and Galway in '93. Um, was like we've seen that you know, the, the, the kind of people have talked about that accident. That was a pretty major accident at that time. Was it hard to come back from that then? Yeah,
4: um, it was at the time. i kind of had a I was kind of told I couldn't go back because um right. I had other responsibilities and it was, uh, it was it was it was a long time off after that accident. But mm-hmm. uh, just you said there sitting with different people. That thing on EWRC that I sat with Vincent Bonner, that wasn't me, that was actually my
2: brother. Oh, that's Kevin.
4: Oh Kevin <laughs> sat with Vincent Bonner in that rally, right. and okay. I, I was yeah. second. That was yes. in Mayo in eighty. Seven and I was mm-hmm. second with Alan Johnson and I won the national title co-driver, right. but Bonner yeah. won the the driver's, driver's title. I don't know yeah. how my name got mixed up on yeah.
3: that Another result. Forgery. But
4: I, I, huh?
3: <laughs> Another forgery. No, no, no.
4: No, no. no, 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 no. Um, but I, I don't know how it got mixed up. I never sat with Vincent Bonner, but uh, oh, Kevin right, yeah. sat with him. Okay. A couple of times. Rory couldn't go to that rally for some reason uh-huh. and Kevin was called into it and we finished first and second and in Mayo and Bellana my mother was from Bellana and she was really proud that the two boys were first and second or whatever but yeah. then And the, was it through how many you got involved in the rallying? Through, no it was through McAvinney Was that how you it no, oh well, I suppose yeah. Kevin would have been my introduction to it. Going to Donegal in seventies, in their seventies, and into the eighties, and Brian Nelson and Bertie and Bonner and and John Price and Buckleys and all them boys back then. It was that's what that's what really mm. brought me into it. It was fabulous. But the the after this, this the the thing with Kirk was uh, I had finished up with Johnson or whatever, and Kirk rang one day to go to. I think it was Donegal International in ANOVA. Nova. Mm-hmm. And I had done rallies with Alan in the uh, in the 240 and the Lotus and all of that stuff. And I kind of was him and on. And he says, uh, he, 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 I don't know whether how many you know, Kirkwell enough there. But he says, hold on a minute now. He says, just don't be put off because this is a Nova. And I kind of was put off because I didn't really want to go back down to the 1600 car and whatever. So. I went anyway, Jesus, I enjoyed that car, it was a fabulous couple of years in that, and it it was just, it, it brought me to another kind of a place where it doesn't have to be the best car to enjoy yourself, do you know what I mean, and, but I really enjoyed it back then, but then when we, of course, he had to go and get this Metro thing then, and mm-hmm. anytime Pat got into a big car, he couldn't, just, it always ended in disaster, life. but that was a big shunt, and I didn't sit in the car again after that for like six years, I think. Yeah, it was about six mm-hmm. years. So, yeah, it was, it didn't put me off for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, Charlie, at the time then, you, you know, you're talking about, and Eugene got the G3 and all, you were progressing, your cars were getting better, and you'd end up with the yellow Manta. Was that from Richard Hall? You got it then as well?
1: I, the first car that, uh, well, we had different results in different yards. Um, mm-hmm. There was a green escort that I had a few really good runs in. Um, and I, and what we would have done when we had bought them and took them home, we would have took them home and there was a rally on that weekend. You picked one of them and you sorted it out, whatever, on a Friday or Saturday and you're on when you got an entry on Sunday evening and way down the road you went Monday, Sunday morning and you'd done the rally. And you let everybody know it was for sale and then there was somebody looking about it then on Monday or Tuesday. You know, that sort of it. And mm-hmm. this green car in particular, I had been out in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, another blue car that Eugene had bought and uh, had done, fella Dickie and when I had done um, some docking it and I wrecked it. I mean wrecked it. There was only the, the bottom half of the passenger's door was only a bit of state on it when I was finished it. So anyway, um, I took the engine out we had, Eugene and I bought this 2.4 Escort a green one, a lame green one in, in London and uh, we drove it from one end of London to the other which was as much fun as we had in it any other than that and uh, it turned out the block was porous in it, I had done uh, some of the single venues in the middle of the country with Castle, single venue, some of them in my, and the block was porous in it so when I wrecked that other car then we put the engine all out of it into this green one and I done Donegal Harvest in it, but it wasn't a harvest. It was some other rally anyway, but I Eugene Ferry, that was the first introduction we had to Eugene Ferry. And Eugene Ferry rung me and he says, was I selling the car? And I says, well, if it lasts this rally, definitely if you want it. So he come to the rally and I done the rally and he bought it. Um, so that, that, there was a, there was a few bits and pieces. And then I bought a white, a white escort of um in England and it was Dave Brooks had done the engine in it. And it was one of the very first normally aspirated Cosworth engines. And it turned out to be the way Bill done it at the time, he hadn't pushed it too far, but it was a really torquey engine and it and it done well. And I I think that was the first car that I kept for any length of time at all, which meant then that you were consistent in the results and in the craft and stuff like that there. Mm-hmm. And then then um, Jay McVeigh, I started to do a bit of business with Jay then, and then he started sitting with me. And um, then we stuck with that car. Ah, and then when it come time to let go of it, Eugene ended up with it. And uh, him and Paddy Toner had a nice Wrecking it wasn't it, Patty Tony? You did, uh, I, I and mean, Paddy. yeah, right, right. another big wrecking,
0: you know. But I right, want to take you back. I want to take you back. The black escort with a white stripe out over the roof of it. We did the right, so. no, but it was,
1: it was, it was in the middle of all that, if you get what I mean. It was in, it was during that white escort time. Because do you remember, I ended up. I ended up having the Manta and the Black Escort, because we bought the Black Escort to sell. That's what we bought it for. And Eugene and I bought it in England, and our older brother, Peter, had an interesting rally, and he come to me, and he says, I'd like to do a better rallying. And I said to him, well, no, we'll get you a car. And he says, no. He says, I have a win a pound, but he says, I need the win a pound. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, I want to do a better rallying, but I don't want to lose the win a pound. And I said to him, right, well, I'll do you a deal. I said to him, you give me the money and I'll use the money and you use a car. And then whenever you want to stop, I will give you back the money and I'll sell the car or whatever. So that black escort just happened to be the car. And that's the one that Eugene searched the boy's house and everywhere for the bits. And we took it home and it was a, ra- it was a genuine, it was a genuine old, old RS 1800 at the time. And and uh, we had it for the first rally. And then I, I I because remember, Eugene, we, we were doing one of the first rallies, one of the first ones. And you remember we all stayed in R D D when we uh-huh. fired. And I showed him the white escort with the two-liter Cosworth engine. And uh-huh. he, we went to the gravel rally. And uh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't. Uh, he didn't want to start in front of me, and I wouldn't stay behind. I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't go in front of him for badness. And he knew why because we caught him and passed him halfway through the stage just out of pure badness, like if nothing else, you know. Um, and that was the black and white car. And we went on that year, Eugene and I, to do the forestry, the southern forestry championship. And we'd done all the rounds except for the very last one. And it was an uncle of ours who had died in America, and we had to go to the funeral. And we were leading it, and probably I think at the time we should have won it. But you had to start all events to claim it. And that was the last year that that was the the, the regulations had done away them after that day. Mm-hmm. And and we we uh, that was what happened to that, that, that. We didn't win the championship then because of that. But then then I that was the, the white airport was the main thing and then the black car was there, but then I went to the manta then. I, mm-hmm. I bought the manta of um a, that, that shell was a Fisher shell. And he that car come from uh, Dave Brooks or from Brooks, Russell Brooks. And either Brooks wrecked it or Fisher wrecked it, my understanding of it was that Fisher wrecked it. And Instead of fixing it, they shelled it.
2: Okay.
1: And then the shell was sold and it was repaired. And a fella Dickie Hall, Dickie Hall, he's still he's had a bit of rally mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got the car and it was it was him that the yellow came from and it was all painted yellow inside and out. And um, then he sold it till um, a fella Brian McCluskey. Oh yeah. Um mm-hmm. what I had a few good cars and still has a few cars that he yeah. holds on So Brian had it and they've done it, him and Kieran Shaw done a few rallies in it. And then I went down one night and bought it off him. And then that was that was you no, know, we really pushed the boat out then when we had that click. <laughs>
2: Aye, that, we, was that, really, that was the really—that was the one that you know the the wider public got to know who you were. That was like you know you were getting overall results and you're, people were yeah. starting to know well, who Charlie Donnelly was. The big, was the big
1: thing, the big thing, the big thing was that we'd done the championship. You yeah. know, before that, we'd done rallies everywhere, and it, it, we'd done them when they suited to you know to do them financially and when it suited for a certain car or whatever, whatever, and we'd have been rallying here, there, and everywhere, all over Ireland. But then when that came along. We done the national championship on it, so that and and uh, the first year I think did we get second or third on it, the first year or something, and and then um, we won the board the championship on it too. Um, I don't know that that was the car, and then then I uh, it was John Conway, the sponsor fella that has made electrical. He was used to sit with me in that time, and it was him who said to me that we needed to change it, and I says why. And he says that uh, the speed like, was unreal, he says, and I phoned off, you know, could have got hurt and all, but ah, I suppose, you know, at the time we thought that was more important, but in uh, hindsight, <laughs> we went and bought the slicker, and <laughs> ah, we bought the slicker, and it come off George Cullen, and uh, there was lots of things back then, the that, that, that worse than what with Paul had with Paul done. <laughs> And uh, we had to fly them with the sleeker, and uh, oh, it cost us a fortune. We put, but uh, there was a bit of, uh, there was a bit of trouble went up through the bonnet one day, and John Donnelly, the creator, he worked hard to try and get it sorted. But we had to get, um, we had to get it mapped, and we had to get all oh, loads of stuff done to for it, you know. But it was a good, it was a great old car too. But it was just, it just I hadn't the, you no, know, the money to put into it, you know, to make it as good as it needed to be at the time, like. So we can You then. finished with it, you had turned
2: it into a good car, you had turned well, it into it a, a good car. Well, I yeah, yeah. We got it there, surely, but it, uh, mm-hmm. it,
1: basically, we lost the momentum. Yeah, we lost the momentum because total. of too much to do. You know? It was a total bag of shite, Charlie. Just say that.
0: Well, I got out the drive a couple of times and I just kept shaking my head. And I never knew how you could keep it on the road for a start, and I never knew where Charlie you could get a time out of it. <laughs> You get into the drive the Manta. I drove the Manta a couple of times. When so you get to drive the Manta, there was power in it. It stopped. It turned in. It did everything. You get into that old Salica, If you had a bump on it, you were steering it another hundred yards up the road. It never stopped. Properly. You did
1: not, hey, that was all part of it. You didn't name MCAS. <laughs> eh? Yeah, but that—that that was your—that was your ability to drive an in, inch Charlie. <laughs> in fairness, that was all part of it.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, we were just. Uh, I don't know that car. I just, I, I, never liked it from the day it came about the place, and I just thought it was a pig of a car and a big shape. I,
1: <laughs> well, I I, I got a lot of great. I got a couple of results, you know, in some time things, but I got a lot of good results on it in the forest. You know, fairly decent results. With a no racing in the Buswhacker again, Robbie McGork and and um, Josh and Sam's father. Mm-hmm. He he was he would have been out then the escort and stuff at like
2: that time Yeah,
1: I would have got there. You know, there was a lot of results, Scotland, but nothing was not. it wasn't. But was, as Eugene says, we needed to spend money on it that I just wasn't going to make available to do that thing. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, yeah. that was the way it went. And then then uh, I came up from that then, and then we just we went to the Corollas then after that, and I um on my side of the rally and the car thing, I just. No, I I was too involved with stuff at home and the guides and stuff like that there. So then I didn't. Eugene was the one started the rally and then, and I was kind of the the fallback at that time. So <laughs> any any extra money I had, <laughs> he he, he made use of it. But um, that was hey at the end of the day that was you know that was the way we went. And then when with the two Corollas, then I would have used you no know, would have used one of them. and Even when with the one, that's why we ended up with two because I used it. <laughs> And wrecked it. Hmm. Jesus party, Jesus party, and me wrecked it to so it. And and then we had to buy a second one to get him to the next event. You know. Yeah. But that was roughly. That's roughly the way the the whole thing went. You know, from start mm-hmm. to finish, isn't it? You just. okay aye. Now no,
0: that that's that's a shortened version of it. Yeah. sorry yeah,
2: jump in there, Connor
3: yeah I was just gonna say Eugene so the G3 which you stuck out for a couple of years that's probably where the consistency really started to build and and you became well known or started to become well known at that stage around Ireland what were the G3 years like well I had this
0: overwhelming appetite till one rallies um and and it wasn't the case that you know I I um wasn't the case that I got up in the morning to go to a rally and said I'm going to win this or I'm going to get a great result and it all kind of came from back in the very early days um you know back in 90s or in 86 the first rally I won was which you would know Connor was the Marfell Lanes rally and I won that with my my best friend at the time or my best friend in the world was lad Aiden McKenna and Aiden unfortunately got killed a couple of months after we won that rally and uh I uh won two or three rallies on the bounce, like they're all small these week lanes type rallies and single stage rallies. And you know, the thrill of winning, like I don't care who you are, when you won something, you you know, that adrenaline rush and that, you know, that that sense of achievement never leaves you. And in nineteen eighty-nine, like I, I them two or three years from eighty-six to eighty-nine, I I tried really hard to do well, and I got really heavily involved in um, competing, and I like I did a serious amount of rallying and you know with Charlie's support. But in 1989, I won the Monaghan Stages Rally um, in another car that we bought for sale. But um, that's after that's where I met Paul. Um, I went to Carlo um, to uh, continue a, a, a campaign on the national championship. And uh, we went out of the rally, and I'm pretty sure that's where we met after that rally, in Carlo Paul in the
4: bar, I think. You no, know, you were trying to swipe a fag.
1: <laughs> 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 we just <not> that.
4: <laughs> Yeah, we were outside in the car park. I was having a cigarette, and he came out for one. But we had, we had met each other on the kind of side of the road thing and that. But um, I was with Johnson that time in the 240, and we were out as well. I think something the 240 was just so. Unreliable, we were so unlucky with it, and Eugene ended up being unlucky with it. Jeremy Faye ended up being unlucky with it. It must have been the unluckiest 240 in the country, but um, we ended up. I finished it, Paul. You what? (laughs) I finished it. You finished it, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, we ended up meeting there, but we didn't, we just became friends because I uh, when I finished up in '93, I wasn't at any rallying at all, but we had met up. A lot of times, socially, mm. and weddings and whatnot before we even talked about sitting there, me sitting with him or doing a rally or anything like that. But yeah. to get back to your G three story, you continue on there. No, but I, I just
0: it's it's ironic that that's how we met. Like, and then as you say we never actually we never considered, you know, competing together or anything like that. There, but
4: um, you know,
0: in in that was in eighty nine or eighty. So, what it was, I lost my trainer. So, at eighty-six, I think, I won that rally. No, it
4: was eighty-nine. You won one, eighty-nine.
0: Sorry, I won the rally in eighty-nine, and in ninety, in ninety, I went to America for a couple of years. I so left I did,
4: you to the airport.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So I didn't compete then, but when I came home again in ninety-two or three, there was just this overwhelming, um, you know, one, urge to just to drive again, and because I'd won a rally and. Did well when I was younger. You know, I knew I had a bit of an old talent and I knew that, you know, I, I might be far away if I had the machinery. And that's where the whole, you know, the whole buying and selling and, you know, try to make enough money and try and better myself and try and get a car that could get me into a position where, you know, you could you could chase for the head of the field. And lo and behold, you know, I did try quite a few cars to stumble stumbled across that G3. Um, and the car, I bought the car at Kevin Bart. Kevin had a, quite a good few results in it as well. Um, but I just, you know, I was just lucky with a bit of an experiment that Barry and I did with it, um, that, you know, we, we, we just stumbled into that experiment and went to the first rally and lo and behold, the thing was fit to set top five times. Like, um, So I said, right, this thing, I can kind manage of managed to afford to keep it. So we just park her in the shade and work away at it and, Slowly but surely, get it to the point where we have it at its maximum. And John Donnelly, main you, John Donnelly from Bear was massive help with that car as well, um, in suspension setup, and um, he did a little bit of work on gearboxes and diffs and stuff for us as well. But um, yeah, that was that was the first car that I had won a championship with, which was the Border Championship, and I don't think I had won an outbreak rally with it. But um, you know, we we had fantastic sec- success with it. Um, then, you know, you went to the big rallies and um, my first meeting with uh, Paul Nagel um, was in Killarney, I think, uh, in 2000 or maybe maybe it was 99. And, you know, we had great success with the KR um, and Paul and I then started embarked on doing several national champions or several of the national rounds of the of the international rallies. That sounds a bit stupid, but that's the way it was. They created the, the two separate uh, rallies within one, um, and we were the victims of the first separation of that day at the time. And I can't remember what year it was. It was either ninety nine or 2000. But, um, you know, that, that urge and that feeling of, of being fit to achieve, the, you know, a, a big result out of a car, um, which was a bit unconventional, didn't look the same as everything else. Um, great yoke to drive. You just sat back and she did all the work for you, you know. And it suited my style of driving. Like I wasn't overly flamboyant,
1: uh, not like Charlie would have been. Charlie. I'm not Sir, of- eugene and I differed completely. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He started the rally. He started the rally. Um, and thought about the result. I started the rally, and all I thought of it was driving as hard as I could the whole rally, and whatever
0: that was very true you know there was no I used to sit
1: with Charlie and there was absolutely no game plan trying to <laughs> like, Eugene used to sit to the start then and and, and uh, 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 no the boy would be like 30 seconds or whatever and and Eugene would no you know say right Charlie right Charlie and I right and he said now if we can get through this first stage we might win this rally and that is where it all started like. <laughs> <laughs> because I just all all I wanted to do like the whole thing to me was the driving. Everything else was immaterial. The driving was the whole thing. That's, I just just really enjoyed the driving and pushed the thing as till the limit and over it. And that was and, and, and probably until I got a bit older, didn't even know what the limit was. And found it out a few good times. <laughs> but just going back a bit, like go back to how we were how we grew up. Um,
0: and then around Drupastown, as Charlie alluded to earlier, you know, you had a lot of talented young fellas like Greg McCormick, and there was a few other characters about there. And that was the way, you know, there was a bit of madness in there. And I'm not saying any of them are mad today, but there was a bit of madness. Honor, <laughs> you you come from that end of the woods, like you you got the tail end of it. <laughs> um, and Charlie fell into that, like where you get into a car and you 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 just, you were and You made it do things that,
1: you know, you hung the
0: tail of it out and you made it do things that nobody else could do with it.
1: Greg McCormick and I went to Donegal Harvest, right? They had a black escort. And it was a right foot, two liter one with downdrafts and whatever, whatever. And I was in one of them, or that red escort, I think. And yeah. uh, we stripped <laughs> her, no, Greg, uh, Greg her and put her back together again, and the whole nine yards anyway landed to scrutiny. Scrutiny he put his foot in the brake pedal, halfway down to the floor, and when you pumped it, it was fine. And he looks at Greg and he says, That'll not do. It. Says, Why not? You can pump it. I can pump it. Now you'll have to get it bled. So down the road, Greg come down beside us anyway, and on the eastern tried to bleed it and messed about down and weren't getting anywhere. So pair of grips onto the pipe in the back of her. Up the scrutiny, boy, put his foot in the pedal, big hard paddle, no bar, all good. So I said to Greg, I'd run behind you in case anything happened. So no up to the first stage anyway, and he took off down the road and waited on me after him. Oh, I don't know if it was the first, second or third stage, whatever. Round the corner and here, Greg was sitting there. <laughs> so we pulled, in. we pulled in and pushed him out, didn't we? general? Yeah. Yeah, we pushed him out and away all and went and the whole the whole day the two of us done that the whole day like, you know. And it was we were racing each other and him in the days crack but it wasn't a result or anything else. Like. So it wasn't nothing like that at all.
4: But that's the day we've
1: done going ahead, sorry.
0: Yeah, there was fun Fondoyens there, guys, that that, you know, came out of that area and you know, the lads all grew up and there was no structure to their driving. They just you know, they just drove as hard as they could, you know. And, uh, it was John Kelly, and, you know, John achieved a bit of success in rallying in the early days, and then obviously Greg, Charlie, and a couple of other lads, you know. But that's that's where, you know, I foreseen it. And when I got older, uh, you know, I, I more or less yearned for getting to the finish and having a, a structure around what I was doing in a rally car, not, not that flamboyant thing, you know. And... Uh, the G3 at that time just gave me that, it, it scratched that edge. Like it was that kind of car that you could sit back, it, it ended up very reliable, it had a bag of power, and it suited my style of driving, you know. And like we had fantastic results out of it. Um, and I don't think, like, I sold the car to Niall McGuire, and there's a couple of people who drove it afterwards, but nobody really achieved that sort of success at the
2: beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, I think it was Donegal in 2000 and Bertie Fisher had been interviewed. He was flying about, and he always said, he always did to see Eugene Donnelly coming through, because he said he was the, one of the best drivers to watch. The the lines he took and everyone else, He just it was always a pleasure to watch him. That must have been a huge compliment coming from Bertie at that time.
0: Well, I had met Bertie through Charlie a few times, you know, back in...
2: I paid Bertie to say that, by the way. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bertie and I used to go up and down Ireland till remember the very first competitors thing. Do you remember the drivers
2: um, Oh yes
1: uh, association yeah, yeah. thing or whatever? Him <laughs> and I used to sail up and down Ireland, up and down at that time, you know, because of that. There, so I told him to say that. Go on ahead, <laughs> but um,
0: I, I met him a few times. Well, I met him, obviously got to know him quite well. So Charlie says we were members of that competitor association thing, and Bertie used to be at that there, but um, like the days of the G3. I remember, him, like, I remember him saying to me, you know, would you not think about doing something in a bigger car and all the rest? Like, I didn't have money, you know, just didn't have that that appetite at that time because it was a lot of money to get into a four wheel drive car and it was a lot of money, you know, to go away off and do your tarmac championship or anything like that. Um, so I was happy with me lot, but obviously after a year or two, and then I had done, you know, I'd done the forestry championship. Uh, Paul Nagel and myself as well, and a, and a Mark Tresker, a BDA. and You know, I was doing that much rallying. It was coming second nature to me just to get in behind the wheel of anything. And the results were coming, like, and, uh, you know, there's nothing beats a man that is match fit. Like, if you're doing a lot of rallying, just, you know, the, the times come, like, you don't have to work at it. Um, and as I say, it's, it just got to the point where I was outgrowing the cars that I was driving. It was just, I was going too fast on them, um, or pushing them over their limits, and it just got to a point where I said, "No, I have to look at this in a different way." You know, and I think when Paul and I, Paul Nagel, this is, and I, or sorry, Paul Kelly's sorry, did the uh, the Northern Ireland Forestry Championship, um, you know, that was quite evident that you know something else was going to happen. I i seen it
4: anyway, know, you know?
3: and. That that choice do doing the forestry championship, like you know, were you happy in either service sur- surface or did you have a preference there for the tarmac or the forestry or you know where, where did the heart lie? <sighs> tarmac, tarmac,
0: tarmac. No, to be honest, I I thoroughly enjoyed the gravel, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but there wasn't enough of a challenge in it to be honest. Um, and and it's hard to describe that. But when I come away from a forest rally, I was great. You know, for one one, that was brilliant great blah 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 but when I went to a tarmac rally and I got a good result of that day I came away feeling a lot more uh, achievement. Um, I think it was the case that most of the most of the gravel rallies, anybody that had done them a few times or anybody that was local till the Pacific rally you were out to beat them because of local knowledge whereas you went to a tarmac stage you wrecked the stage, you were on a level par with everybody well except a few guys that completely blackened them but you um, you know that—that's where I got the most. What does he mean by that, boy? <laughs>
1: <point.
0: laughs> well, not get too controversial in this. No. <laughs>
1: I, I have to have the paper
0: here. i wants to be controversial about wrecking, but anyway, that's, that's another story we can come across. Yeah. And, but uh, yeah, look to answer your question, Connor. It was—it's—it's it's, there was no real preference other than and yearning. That I could do better on tarmac, uh, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed driving
3: on gravel. And 2002, you did that in Nesbitt's Celica GT4. What was the, the the choice of going or, and, and you know, the, the list of events you did that year? Like you were from one end of the country and doing back to back events.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Glenn and I, Glenn Allen and I counted them up one night and it was 30. He had done 33 and I'd done 35 or something. Um, yeah, look, it was all about seat time and it was all about getting as much rallying under my belt as I possibly could. And if you ask me why did I pick the Sleeka, well, one, I could afford it. Two, it was a bag of shade, <laughs> another bag of shade. <laughs> but there was there was enough parts and there was enough knowledge in the country to run one of those funny advice at the time. And Derek McGeehan, I asked him to run it. So um he, he to be fair to him. know he got his head around it and got stuck into it but he never could improve the handling of it because it was not a nice car to drive from a handling point of view but again i coming out of a two-wheel drive car anything with you know anything with that amount of grip and that amount of torque was going to impress you but um um, anybody that got into that car after said the same thing you know (laughs) big shape to drive
3: And you, you finished that year in the super S5 on the Western International Rally, which you won. And that was mm. yourself and Paul Kiley's first win. Um, You know, what was that like having, you know, been pushing to get to this level to that point and then getting into the WRC car and then taking the win in the WRC car? Um, I
0: think Paul can describe that better than I can because <laughs> I was just, I was floating a bit, you know, he, he can could absorb all the the atmosphere and and um you know the process of it all like i I think we didn't have the best of starts i think we got a puncture on the rally and i think we even had a puncture I, I, i broke a rim on the test and we just didn't have the best of starts in the rally but as it progressed i knew that paul was monitoring the situation and i knew that you know the times were getting better and when paul gets very focused You can hear it in his voice. There's no shouting and there's no, well, not that he shouted or anything like but it was always very professional, um, you know, a professional way of going on. Um, Everything was pinpoint accurate. You know, the road timing was correct. We were arriving everywhere at the right time. The notes were being delivered just impeccably. So I knew after the third or fourth stage that, shit, we're going hard here because your man, he's really on his game. Like, so something has to be happening to you. But I, I just did my job and um, I got completely blocked afterwards. And therefore, I don't remember a white lot about the end of it. As I say, Paul could tell you more than me.
3: And Paul, like, you know, I suppose picking up there, like, was there a difference in Eugene in the S5? Because like the next year, you know, you had great success or Eugene had great success in the car. I know you were sharing this, the, the co-driver's seat, but what was Eugene like in the S five? Was it was it a world of difference, or was it just Eugene? But just the, the the car was was giving him the that that extra confidence. How the whole thing started that year was he used to come
4: to my house in slag was as Eugene and he still is was always on the road all hours of the night, and he used to ring and say you're around, yeah yeah such things. So he called over one night in late or one. And he was talking about this, that, and the other, and whatever. And it came up about that he had bought this GT4. And uh, I always wanted a run. And I hadn't sat in a car in a long time. I had done a couple of rallies with Jerry Maffei in a group end car in 99 or 98, I think, just Sligo. Maybe one other. And uh, he mentioned this GT4. I thought, Jesus, that's, that wouldn't be too bad. Said, what are you doing with that? And he says, I'm doing the Northern Ireland Championship and, uh, and the Southern Championship. And I thought, all right, 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 And of course I left it alone for a few minutes anyway. And I said, And who's sitting with you? And he says, So well, Paul Nagel sitting in the southern one, but I have nobody to go on the northern one. <laughs> please sir.
1: Yeah, please. Sir, yeah. Did, did you so,
3: think about that very long? <laughs> I didn't know I would
4: a couple of minutes took to get the question up anyway, but it didn't get off to a massive start because I didn't really understand what the Northern Ireland Championship was and the first two things run. Race tracks or whatever you call them, airfields or whatever mm-hmm. and the second one he couldn't even finish like, he rolled it in Bishop's Court like, who does yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> do you know? That's so cool. then we went to, so you were on about the we went to the gravel then and the first rally we won was the, uh, the what do you call it, the what do you call it the one up in the mountains on the tarrys, okay. what do you call it?
0: Oh, Davos? No,
4: um, Mourn uh, No, oh, Mourn Rally ra- Uh, It was part of the circuit that year, remember? Yes. Oh, yeah. Easter Stages. Sorry, sorry. It was Easter Stages. Easter Stages. Oh, yes. Uh, The National Station of uh, the Circuit. Yeah. And then we were fighting in the Northern that year. It was Trevor Moore (coughs) and uh, Richard Hogg. And the boy, what do you call him? White, uh, White, what's his name? Oh, Gary White. Gary White. Yeah. And Glenn. And it was, it was my first experience in a big car, but for it to be on gravel, it was fabulous. Like And the noise and the stones. And like, I think I'd only done two gravel rallies in my lifetime up to that. And I thought it was fabulous. And then we did have a back-to-back one where Paul Nagel couldn't go. I think he was doing something with Gary. And he couldn't uh-huh. go to one down south. So we done the Tour of the Spurns, loaded the whole lot up, Straight down to Middleton. Was it Middleton or was it Kentirk or somewhere it was in or somewhere down there? Um, I was um, I was Kentucky It was based out of yeah, that yeah. Far. One one was on the Saturday and on the, all the way down the road for the one on the Sunday, and whatever. So that at the end of the year, anyway, I just always it I knew Stan Harper had this this world car. And I just thought, I wonder what would a world car be like. So we chatted about it anyway, and then this West Rally had been kind of invented as a. A kind of thing to get Galway back on the map again because it was totally out of season. They hadn't had a rally, I think, in a couple of years between the foot and mouth and the problems they had with the spectators and stuff. So this West thing kind of popped up out of nowhere over a couple of months, and we decided to go. And then we went and done the test, and it just was—it was a different world for me. You know, I just thought, "Jesus, this is just unbelievable to be in a world car." And he kind of thought the same, although he had done seven thousand rallies that year anyway so it didn't really matter to him but the 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 test was grand down the road down done the recce and then it was going to be one big long day which was great then we would have to puncture on the first one but didn't you put your back out as well or something because was mm-hmm, something yeah. didn't you what did you I did
0: third, third stage or whatever I put my back out I just whatever way I jolted in the car and I've I have a weak lower back and I just slipped the vertebrae you know but um yeah going ahead but I, d- I just
4: couldn't believe how easy it was. Like it just seems. I was just wondering what what is all the fuss about this? Like this is so easy. And he made it easy. And then because he made it easy, I thought I was doing a great job. So it must be this must be the way it's supposed to be done. And then we were coming back and, and back the us
1: were soaked to the skin running. Yeah.
4: Around, yeah. And yeah.
1: cutting tires. And I have a photograph somewhere in the house here where there was a, a, a um one of them owls or something, or someone a bird flew across in front of you when the white took the as yeah. Well. So even the um, birds are running from you.
4: But <laughs> even 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 that the three of us are here, one of the most one of the important things, because I've seen it on the video so many times was Charlie done the done a bit of a run around for us, you know, on the before the stages, like like the same as anybody does. Mm-hmm. And where Pather Herson went off, he had told us about that on the mm-hmm. notes. Charlie had it marked for you? See he had so, it, marked it. Well, I don't know, it was like a flat three ride or whatever it is, 200 down. He says, forget about the 200. And it's not flat. You're not going to get stopped. And when I came around and I said it to him, I backed him off coming down to that. And then we seen Harrison out through the gate. And I just thought there's, you know, that was my first kind of experience of vital information at the right time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as you know, it all worked out in the end. And I got blocked as well. I don't remember much pop. about at the prize you giver was the next me that day. Before,
1: Paul. You what? <laughs> You never told me that before. I'm all soft
4: tired about that. That's hey Charlie, Eugene paid me to tell you that.
0: <laughs> 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 this a this is not You <laughs> deserve that.
1: <problem>. And <laughs> again then doesn't not He got off Paul boys.
3: Let me tell you. <laughs> G- good job. We're recording it. <laughs> uh-huh. And in two thousand and three, you know, good success and a win in Killarney. So this is hope. me, is it? Yeah. 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 We but went to Mayo what first. In, I
1: know,
4: I, no, what happened in, in in the circuit the week before? <laughs> well, we went to Mayo first, and we won Mayo, which was the start that year of his national campaign. Um, then we went to the circuit. Yeah, then we went to the circuit and we had that big accident in Sligo. Basically, it was only out the road from me. But uh Killarney after that was again. It was like the it was like the 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 Galway thing. I just I didn't know what all the fuss was about because it was just so the, the and the, and again it was lash and rain at that one as well. Charlie, remember. Mm-hmm. It was really bad rain and the film was raining. Really-
1: you don't remember the pressure was on that week. <laughs> she got wrecked the week before. Remember, Eugene? <laughs> oh, do I remember? Uh, whenever I
0: like you whenever um whenever I started when I got into Stan's car, obviously we had to insure it, in it. Um, I don't remember the value of it at the time, but it was a big, big lot of money. And that was my first experience of insuring a car. And it's You know, it's one thing to, you know, pay for the hire, pay for fuel, pay for, you know, mechanics and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's a massive bill. And like I'm sure at that time, um, you know, Nesbitt was won in the championship in 01 and 02. And he was quite vocal about the cost of running these cars. Like it was getting into 25 and 30 grand a rally. Now, to be fair to Stan Harper, when we did the Galway rally, at um, Akin, it was between the three of us, we negotiated the deal. Charlie would get in one ear, I'd get in the other, and Paul would just be the base, you know. <laughs> and managed to get a deal out of it that I could afford. But this insurance thing was important. Um, so I went to uh, the couple of first rounds of the Northern Ireland Championship um, in the car, and, you know, I got my head around insuring it everywhere I went, like, um, but Charlie so-called had to bring it back to our memory i went to the circuit um in that year and uh i didn't insure it i thought ah you know as paul said this thing was looking easy now at this stage and ah there's no big deal like you know so of course i didn't bother insuring it we had a great run on the first day i think we were lying maybe second or
4: actually to second. Be end up of- no we well. were second and then she wouldn't start coming to the park for me the next day
0: yeah, um, so you know, we, we had to be pushed out of Park Fermi, it was a big time penalty like, I was thinking, well this is the rally over, you know.
4: Yeah, but so, nobody knew what the time penalty was, if you remember. Yeah. Nobody could confirm it.
0: Yeah, they were saying it was 10 minutes and, you know, all sorts of things got there, so you were kind of saying, well I was anyway, this rally is over, is there any point to even continue? I was saying well, so it's paid to hire the car and Never thought about the insurance thing, and uh, we went out to do those stages outside Sligo, and I, I wasn't even thinking about the result, or wasn't thinking about trying or nothing, and turned her into a four left, and I obviously didn't turn it in hard enough, and um, it understeered, washed out across the road, and it's a fairly, <laughs> it's a fairly well publicized accident.
4: Mm-hmm. Any
0: of the any of the rally fanatics will know about it. It's, it's well enough on YouTube. I wrecked the show like, um And I'm not joking you, uh, Plum Tindle and the crew were in the corner, or in the corner of the field, and they caught it on camera, and uh, Plum come up and interviewed me, and uh, again, it's well enough publicised on YouTube. It was probably one of the lowest points of my, in my life to that point, because, you know, I didn't know where I was going to get the money out to fix this thing. Like, it was, you know, I just wrecked, like, and, Ten grand didn't fix these yokes at the time. It was a fifty grand bill, like, and I was just scratching my head, going, "Where am I going to get this?" And that's rallying over. I'm finished like, again. I met Charlie. Did you come up to the scene of the accident, Charlie?
1: Yeah, you rang me, and I come over.
0: Remember, I remember,
1: it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it wasn't good.
0: Nah, it wasn't good. Like I remember yeah. saying to you, like, what, "What am I going to do here?" You know, and you kept saying to me, i will be all right, be all right, be all right." <laughs> But well, I tell you what, I, uh, I just did not know where or what I was going to do. And this is where the, this is where the team comes in. And this is where, you know, your friends and this is where everybody pulls behind you. And, and like a lot of people have asked me what has been, you know, the success, what, what led to our success. You see when the chips are down and your ass is on the floor and the tears run on your eyes and you don't know what direction to go. That's where the people around you are so important and it's like it's not about it's not necessarily about the people with the money to come in and help you and do that it's about people behind you that lift you off the floor and gives you a kick in the ass and gives you a direction to go and and you're capable or i was always capable of finding my way out of the problems if i had that wee bit of a, a leg up or somebody could give me the you know get their shoulder under my arm and that's what the guys did for me and uh, you know, I couldn't say it enough and I'll probably say it more before we finish this to go back rallying today even if I was to do it I don't think I could find the team that I had back then that were fit to uh, carry me the way they did You know, and I see there was loads of guys came along with finances and loads of guys that I was involved with over the years and buckets of money um, and they just didn't get this thing they just didn't get that it was this crew of people um, and them two men there, especially, that, you know, that carried me It wasn't the finances or it wasn't anything else. It was just that understanding of personality that I was. And, you know, they were there to pick me up or they were there to listen to bullshit or they were there to cry on their shoulder or whatever, you know. And that's that was worth two seconds of my like, you know.
1: But to go back well, to your... Stan Harbour was, was like Stan fixed the car that time. And and he repaired a lot of the stuff that time rather than fitting new stuff on it and, all. and um um I remember, I remember she, landed till, uh, she landed to Killarney. Well, Killarney must have been the far on week, Paul, was it? Two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks, two
4: weeks yeah.
1: well, She landed to Killarney anyway, and, and the back one day wasn't on her because he hadn't got one until then. I think it was the back one day or something. But I remember doing something around the back of her anyway. And as he says at the time, he says the paint was still wet on her. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But uh, oh, hey, that was uh, that was definitely a, 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 an occasion that you wouldn't want to be doing too often, definitely. <laughs> but again, well, as you did, it was it was great. You know, it was looking back at it, the support and the and and the dealing with it was 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 something different. Now, you
0: know? like to be fair to Stan, Charlie, at the time, like you know, he treated us extremely well. Like oh,
1: um, unbelievable, he- unbelievable. He didn't
0: did milk the situation, whereas if many a guy could have milked the shade out of it and said, oh, look, you know, you crashed the car and this is the building, that's it. He did not do that by no means. Like, Stan stood by us and, as I say, he was part of the team at that time and he was as much wanted me to succeed as anybody. um, And he did everything he could to fix that car as efficiently as he possibly could. But to land the Killarney um, and the paint still wet on her, <laughs> and he called me claimed enter, and I don't even think that we do a test in it Paul?
4: No no, no. no, claimed, no up the gap. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Yeah. claimed in it and away we went and uh, it was one horrible day but there's again the Kumo tyre struck again like uh, the relationship with uh, Philip Moinen um, and the um, you know the offer of the product that he brought to us that nobody else would try at the time and nobody else had the balls to try at the time. And suddenly, well, I had a couple of years on it, you know, with the Sleek and doing Forest Rally and did a bit with, uh, did a bit of tarmac with the Sleek as well. Um, you know, this tyre was getting there and it was ideally suited for the wet conditions. And lo and behold, the next thing, we find ourselves competing for the one of, of the Killarney Rally, which never in my wildest dreams would I have thought about that. But as the rally transpired, you know the heat really come on um, and at the end of the rally the car was overheating and um, I'm not sure whether it was I'm not sure it was to do with the accident in the circuit but um, the guys were throwing water into it you know every at the end of every stage we were out draining it and putting water in it like and um, it certainly was nail-biting and you know I, I remember saying to Stan you know what about can you turn back the power a bit on he says here listen it's going to blow it's going to blow like Drive it on, like, and try to be as, don't over it. <laughs> try to be as attentive as you can to it. But, um, you know, fingers crossed. And uh, we were in a big battle with with Austin. Um, and, like, the battle was fairly tight, like, you know. And he was coming at me. And I couldn't really take the risk of driving it any harder. I don't remember, if you remember much about it, Paul, but, um, you know, I just I just put it out of my mind. Like, and I just stayed focused on the driving, you know.
4: And uh I remember enough about it, but, but I, in my rena- renaissance of a career, it was only like 5th or 6th or 7th or 8th rally in. I'm not sure how long it was, but even to finish second there would have been a huge result. You know, I, the fact that we were leading on one and then he was leading on the next one and we were leading on one or whatever, I thought to be involved in that battle at all was... Mm-hmm. That's I, I'm happy enough to be here, regardless of what the result was. So yeah. the end result, obviously, was it was the only Killarney I ever I got. I think you got one after that, but <clears throat> I I never won a Killarney after that. So I was delighted to get it at all.
1: Yeah, I think Dan Harper was quite delighted to Remember that as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. And um, the teacher, I mean, even, you know at that time uh, Austin McHale was you know. Like we'd lost Bertie a few years previous to this, but like uh, Austin was one of those legends of Irish rally, and still is to this day. Like to to be competing with him to gain his respect, that must have been quite special back then too.
0: Yeah, um, like Austin was a hard, you know, he's a hard competitor. Like there was no, uh, you know, when you met Austin at a rally, you know, there was no friendships or not like that. When the <laughs> rally was over. Yeah, certainly, but. His team fought hard. um, There was no doubt about it. And Brian Murphy, who sat with him. You know, Brian was one of these wind-up characters, um, like most of the guys were. Uh, Paul was more fit for him than I would have been, um, and probably Charlie. But Brian, you know, Brian was just one of them characters that I felt a wee bit intimidated by him, to be quite honest. Um, And Austin, you know, Austin was that character. You couldn't really have a conversation with him. When a rally was over, sure, he would chat to you, but he was just one of these type of people that, his mindset was I'm here to win the rally and I'm going to win it no matter what cost. And I suppose I didn't want to be like that. You know, he, he taught me that one thing, you know, I didn't want to be that type of person that to win a rally, you just sacrifice living and you know, it, it crept into your personality. And, uh, I learned a few things uh, from that event, like that sometimes you don't have to be at that 11 tenths to win rallies. Like, you know, and, uh, you know that was a bit of a lesson, all right. But here, to one, to one, it was unbelievable.
3: You know, and and Charlie, it was around this time that you were putting your own career on hold to really get behind Eugene and more or less become team manager in a sense. Well, that
1: year, the the the, the decision to the decision after that Galway rally, then to to continue, you know, to do that, then that meant that that that, 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 that no, I I had to you know, decide to say that I was going to. But my rally into one side and then I done all the sort of organizing and stuff and the gravel crews and all that sort of stuff. Um, but that was, it was, I enjoyed that. Like it was, it was, you know, was like as, as, uh, you know, to take it from the reverse side, like, you know, whenever you drive a stage in the morning and you went through the notes and you noticed a few wee bits and pieces or you had some other sort of song dad add in or whatever, you know, um, and then, you know, and then the boys come off the stage with a fast time that, you know, it, it, it was unbelievable. Like, it, it, it no, uh, like I, I often wonder, you know, watch things on television and you watch different bits and all the pieces. And, and, and you know, you've seen the camaraderie in a team and, and the way that that worked. But I never experienced it until that day, you know, because we all were a team. Like, like you know, we all played our part um, prior to rallies, you know you would have had the setup of the car to work on and 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 you know get the where Eugene's driving was concerned to you know to be in with him and to iron out you know the 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 bugs that he felt in the car and in himself and you know the bits and pieces like that and then uh, then to be on the on the event then you know back and forth with paul and then back and forth you know for tire choices and all them bits and pieces and things like that got there it, it it like it was um uh, that was a start, like of a lot of a lot of good stuff for a few years after. You know. The only thing I can say about Charlie doing the notes and you know
0: prepping us for the rally, he could always tell when Paul and I was out in the piss the night before. <laughs> 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 the, the notes wouldn't have been made very well, now, and again, you know. And that's why it was a good thing to have him there because uh, we Just to clear him.
4: up, just to clear up what you're <laughs> saying, he means being out on the piss the night before the recce.
1: Not the 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 rally now,
0: (laughs) yeah. We would have been prone to that a wee bit in the early days, you know.
1: We enjoyed
0: ourselves, we thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. The boys, the boys heading away off and doing the big recce and going to the gym and all the rest that wasn't us, like we that (laughs) rallying was about to us.
2: Uh, it was 2004 then Eugene Uh, the Corolla adventure started what was the thinking behind a Corolla like it wasn't maybe the most uh, you know you're coming from a Subaru S5 you, you know you thought maybe the logical thing would have been to go maybe a, you know an S6, S7 but the Corolla was a <laughs> bit left field at that time
1: <laughs> <laughs> you <did. laughs> well you can blame Philip Moynan. <laughs> but compli- com- but compliment them at the same time, Nick. You know, he deserves the credit as well. But but you can also you can also tell the story about um, going to M Sport and all you do mm. well in in
0: you know in two thousand and one and two, um I started to get a wee bit of success in business and I started to get a bit smarter to what I was doing. And I'll try and not bore you with this here, but very quickly, like, you know, to, through, through 2003, you know, obviously going back to what I was saying to you as early, you know, I had that itch and I knew I was going to scratch it. And I knew, you know, there's a possibility I can drive these cars and I can drive them to the point that they're as good as anybody else in the country. And, uh, you know, I just had to arm myself with the right machine. And um, I was fortunate enough to put myself in a position that I could go and buy a car with the help of a bit of finance um, through the business that I had at the time. And uh, I went to M Sport, and uh, Philip, as I say, Charlie mentioned there, Philip Meunon was heavily involved in this thing. He was a big part of the team. He was uh, there to be consulted. And, uh, you know, I said to him, Look, I'm going to try something maybe for 2004. I'm going to buy a car. What are you going to buy? I said, I'm going to go and look at a, a, Fiat or a Focus. Focus. So landed to M Sport and cut the story short, they were doing me a deal for a 2002 car. Three. Uh, Three I car
4: sorry, three no, it was a two car. Car.
0: Huh? a two car It was a 2002 car Yeah 2002 car And I was basically getting a brand new car Fully rebuilt With every imaginable spare That you could imagine I mean uh, everything barring an engine In the shell like All the suspensions, clutches Gearboxes, diffs Everything you could think For £400,000 sterling, Plus of that And uh, had gathered up the money had it all in place to do put the money in escrow signed the contract and went over to do kind of like a bit of a handover and basically agreed the deal in the car and a particular man in M Sport
1: uh, said you'll have to open an account. With the him. nicest. He was the nicest fella. he's a lovely fella. I met him a few years later in Eper or no Eper else Germany and he was he had been off his wife I think it wasn't well or maybe he'd lost away whatever but he was back working then for M Sport again but he was sitting in the you know, the big boardroom and he was sitting in the, the corner of the table you know and he had talked back and forth but me and people to talk was Malcolm and what do he call the other fellow? you do? John Steele Steele yeah so go ahead now finish the story now <laughs> but um,
0: yeah so you know I, I said yeah that's fine we'll open an account this is the details here's the company details blah 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 and uh, he said, well, we need your copy of your credit card. I goes, what? Do you know what, lads? No, I'm not going to do that. And he's, I can't remember who said it, but what's wrong? And I says, uh, I said, this just doesn't feel right. I said, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to park the whole thing. I said, that just doesn't feel right to me. And we got up. I don't remember the circumstances we left in, but I got up and left. And of course, the story got about before I got home that I couldn't pay for the car and all sorts of crap. And,
1: but the um, other thing was Eugene and I were walking out to get into the car to leave. And, you know, we got out and we opened the door and he kind of knew we'd look at each other over the roof of the car, you know, before you get into it. And he looked over at me and I looked at him and I said, you're ain't getting my credit card. I know that's for sure. <laughs> said, whatever credit card yeah, you're definitely not getting mine, you? <laughs> you know, but, um, uh, what- Whenever I was
0: sitting at the docks, um, we were sailing back out of Cairn Ryan or St. or whatever, back to Belfast. Um, my dad rang me, David, or Philip rang me, and he says, well, how'd you get on? And I told him the story. And he says, ring me when you get off the boat on the other side. Now, this was late in the evening, like, and I think we would have been getting in at maybe 12 or 1 o'clock at night. And the next thing, got off the boat, rang him. And I says, what's up? He says, uh, you... Derry McGeehan and Paul Cayley and myself um, are on a flight day after tomorrow to uh, Holland. And uh, was it yourself, Paul? Ah, you were with us, yeah.
4: Yeah, we went to the Condrops. Yeah. So left me at home.
0: Left, sorry, <laughs> at home. No, what? I thought.
1: I was There was no point bringing a charity when
4: you wouldn't give over the credit.
1: <laughs> I was grand when the four hundred grand was being borrowed, but it was no good then when it was down the ladder a bit.
0: Like. <laughs> so I don't. I don't. I, I was under the impression we were just going to watch this rally and look at a car. Or two. I didn't. I didn't think you know too much about it. Um. And anyway, story short, we landed at the rally, and uh, cold piss of a day. Walked down the service park to go to meet this guy called Eric Weavers and look at this Toyota Corolla. I knew nothing about a Corolla. I knew nothing about it. But anyway, landed at his service park and lo and behold, he went off the road and crashed the car. So Philip rang him or he rang Philip and said, look, guys, watch the rally today and come up to my workshops tonight. Stay over there. I'll be for to fix the car and you'll get a look at it tomorrow and get a bit of a drive on it. And I was saying, right, okay, all right, fair enough, let's we do Went and watched the rally, drove up to his place in uh, in Holland, um, booked into this wee Hotel, got drunk in the bar that night, and got up the next morning, went around to this workshop where his two lads had the car repaired. There was quite a frontal damage, um, big white wing on it, a white bonnet, a white bumper. And he says, come on, get in, I'll take you for a drive. So I was a bit uh, delicate, but uh, but in anyway it took off. And I'm I'm sorry to tell the story if Eric's listening because uh, this is quite embarrassing to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but way out round this road, anyway, and on the way back, like, and this thing was all over the shop. Like, I mean, it wasn't taking grip and it was sliding out. But came to this left square left bend just before his workshop, and the guys, Paul and Derek and everybody, was standing at the workshop door and they could see this last corner and round come Eric, flicked the handbrake, lost it and down and in, noseways into a big dike and took the front out of it again. So I looked over at him and I oh, was in a bit of a fluster, like you know, so um got out of the car and the boys were all coming running down, brought a jeep, pulled the car out of the ditch, brought it back into the workshop and uh, he's he was so embarrassed. And Derek McGeehan, in fairness to him, he started to crawl under it and look around it, and he says, uh, said to them, would you have the bits and we'll fix it? Because it was just cosmetic and a radiator, maybe on in an intercooler. Or so mm-hmm. lo and behold, they fixed it, um, they straightened up the wheels on it and aligned it and did a few things. And Eric says, come on, I'll take you for another run. And I just went, no, you're not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I think I'll take it for a drive myself. And I pointed over at Derek and I says, come on, you jump in beside me. We'll go for a spin in this thing. So we actually got them to close a bit of, a short bit of the road, like maybe only a half a K or two quarters of a K and did a few runs in it. Came back in, reversed it in, got out and uh, he was sitting in the wee office and I said, right, what's the deal in this car? And uh, again, I mean, we bought everything with the car, including the kitchen sink. We got more wheels and dampers and, Um, Ah, we got just a car with it bar in the shell maybe in an engine and um did the deal with them and at the time it worked out it worked out just slightly over half of what i would have been paying for the focus um maybe a bit more but um i I, when i was looking at it was saying well why am i buying this thing and philip was saying but this is a good car this car has never seen its true potential in Ireland, even though Austin had one of them and uh, Greer had one of them, and there was a few of them about... It was Ian, Greer, it was Ian Greer's car, the car Ian,
1: Ian Greer
0: had. It was Ian Greer's car, and like, you know, they were kind of supposedly be coming to the end of their life, um, mm-hmm. but talking to Eric, and what Eric was planning to do over the next couple of years, he was engine development, damper development, and he was one of those sort of fellas that you could talk to, and you could you know, I just warmed to them and I just got this good feeling from them that this was the right thing to do. And lo and behold, we bought the car, um, landed home, transferred him the money. And I, I remember transferring the money and going to myself, I wonder, can I trust him to deliver the car? <laughs> <laughs> um, but now he was found and he came over and he stayed a few days and introduced us to XTTE uh, engineers. and. Got us a damper engineer and got us a, an engine engineer, and um, when the car was home, I think it was just after Christmas, we got all the guys together and we did a big test up in uh, Muckish and Donegal. And at the start of the day, I was saying this is a big shade, <laughs> and by the finish of the day, you and me were getting out of our and we were going, "Oh boy, this is some yoke," like. <laughs> and that was that was the start of it. That we just the car. We just warmed to it the minute we got it sorted, we just warmed to it, you know. I just felt so at home in it.
2: Mm-hmm. And Paul I suppose you they go with them sentiments. Did you did you feel there was something special there that day in Muckish?
4: Yeah, it was it was probably the best thing I was ever in. You know, it was the most advanced car anyway. Um up to you know, before that it was the it was the uh the best thing was obviously the Subaru, but it was still manual, this tickle shift and the left-hand drive and all of this just looked it just the whole thing seemed to be so put together properly and young know, McGeen was all over it and it just it was exciting enough and then obviously heading down to go he bought a left-hand drive boat card in as well obviously to to get him at that I was a bit worried about the left-hand drive thing but when we landed down Galway after the first few stages and there was only really two at two or you know two or three at the race I didn't think we were going to be on that kind of a pace but Thankfully, we were, and it, again, conditions were shitty, which seemed to suit us on the first day. The second day was pretty dry, but the first day was shitty enough, but um, it definitely was the start of a, an exciting time.
0: Hmm. And the fact that uh, Tapio Lajkanen was there, you know, a European champion, uh, you know, he was in a an award.
2: Champion, Yeah, A professional driver, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Why are you trying to say we weren't professional? He must have watched this, But no, I, I think like, I think we were all amazing. Sure, frick me, my head grew about ten times the size it normally was when whenever we, you know, we 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 were actually with the winners of the rally, but it was the um, bogey times that caught us out on that event. Like we should have won it, like, But I, no, I I wasn't begrudging it was one leg, but it just proved to me that, you know, all them inner things that, you know, I, I was fit to drive these cars. and That gave me a serious confidence boost and gave me the, the that box was ticked that I did the right thing by buying that car, you know, and by investing this amount of money into it and uh, mm-hmm. starting on this journey, you know.
2: So that was part one. Um, what can we say, like, the Corolla years is just about to kick in, and with you here, the stories that's coming. Soon. Uh I don't know <laughs> what more we can say about it. It's going to be a ne- the next episode is a real roller coaster. Connor, isn't it so
3: exciting what we've heard and what's to come? Absolutely. Listen to me; it brought me back to you know my younger years, and and you know with Greg McCormick and John Kelly and Patty Toner and the you know that crew, and uh, you know reliving the stories there with Eugene and Charlie and and paul and again you know the bond between charlie and eugene it's so strong and, and they're so supportive of each other you know throughout their careers and rallying it, it's you know it's just incredible to listen to their tales
2: that's for sure that's for sure and like, well they like I say once we enter the crawler, and you know the, the the banter between the two of them and then paul just you know paul is just such a nice way with them but more of that soon so that's it Uh can please like share uh rate the podcast all those things it makes a huge difference and um, the numbers of the last few weeks have just blown our minds so please keep doing what you're doing it's greatly appreciated so until the next time take care speak soon and bye <laughs>